Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Conley, left-hand curl, comes back to the right side, tries to throw it back. Beautiful catch by Rudy with the outstretched right hand, and then he takes a pivot and switches to his left and lays it up and in. Beautiful move. Moutier works the right side, attacks Dinwiddie to the rack, lays it up and in, tied at 94. Emmanuel Moutier. Donovan off a Conley pick, attacks Kyrie, steps through the lane, scores it. Tied at 112, Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz back at it tonight. The Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving's back. 21 points in 20 minutes a couple days ago. He's been out with a shoulder injury since November 11th, but he'll be back to face the Jazz tonight. And PK, Donovan Mitchell is probable. Probable for what? For playing in the game after missing the last one because he was sick. Good. Mike Conley remains listed as out. Good. Jazz, how do you feel about a double-digit win streak? I feel great about it, but they don't have it. They do not. But are they going to get it? I think it's going to be a tough game. Nets tonight, 4.30, the pregame show, 5.30, the tip-off. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet and listen to it on your way home right here on the Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. LeBron with a head of steam. LeBron with only four points. Look at you add to that total. And he does. And at the other end, it's Danny Green getting the assist from LeBron. That's the third one, so he moves ahead. That's right. Congratulations to LeBron. He moves ahead of Isaiah Thomas on the all-time NCAA assist list. Did I say NCAA? LeBron James and the Lakers having no problems beating Cleveland, 128-99. to The Lakers improved to 33-7 and midway through the year. We were talking about, uh, you know, the Warriors and a 65-win team that probably could have chosen to be a 70-win team if they wanted. And the Lakers right now on pace for 66-67 wins of their own. You view them as dominant as the Warriors? No. Because? I don't think they're as good. Taking advantage of the schedule? Not on cruise control to get to this pace? I don't pay attention to the schedule, so I couldn't tell you who they're playing because everybody plays everybody, and when you get to the postseason, the schedule doesn't matter anyway. Um, what you did in the regular season, uh, I think they're really good. I think they got two, two of the five best players, certainly in the West. Lakers get the win. Also, Oklahoma City, the other Western contender, playing and winning. They've won 8 out of 10. They beat the Timberwolves 117-104. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 20 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. Some nice round numbers and a big game for him. The Thunder, after a poor start, are playing pretty well. I heard. Not quite <laughs> out of the uh, 7th spot to 6, but closing in on Dallas. We're going to be in April. After a poor start, the Thunder played well. <laughs> Rockets and Grizzlies tonight at 6 o'clock, and the Cavaliers stay in L.A. and play the Clippers at 8.30 tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Here's the snap. Offensive line holds the throw, looking for Chase. Caught! Right corner of the end zone! Touchdown, LSU! And the Tigers have their first lead of the ball game. Snap.
back. Joe has it. Looks. Launches towards the end zone. Adjusting. Terrace Marshall goes up. Pulls it down. Touchdown, LSU. 24-yard touchdown pass. Add another to Joe Burrow. Give Terrace Marshall his first reception for a touchdown tonight. LSU, slow start, had to solve Clemson's blitzes, and once they did, Katie barred the door. Good night, Irene. See you later, Sally. Exactly. Down 17-7, they rally and win 42-25. It was 35-8. After the middle of the second quarter, it was all LSU. Joe Burrow, are there any superlatives left for him? He's got a whole string, a whole slew of numbers and records and uh, showed some guttiness there, taking a big hit and waving everyone away in the silence. The national title game. Don't look at me. Figure out how healthy I am later. At the college level now, obviously he'll go into the pros and you have everything to prove, but for the college level, transferring down there to LSU obviously turned out to be a dream. 60 touchdown passes. So there's that. Threw for over 400 yards in the win, and now LSU is the first team to beat the preseason top four. They beat them all. Only team they didn't beat in the final top five is going to be Ohio State, I think. So a pretty pretty overwhelming performance by LSU on their way to, to 15-0. A couple of NCAA football notes. Derek King is leaving Houston. He's into the transfer portal. Hmm. And Arizona State gave Herm Edwards a two-year contract extension. And the Hawaii coach is taking the Washington State job. Yes. Five years, three million annually. Rolo, they call him. Nick Rolovich. Ready to spread the ball around and throw it all over the field. Honolulu to Pullman. That's a big deal to you, huh? <laughs> weather wise, it's a big deal. People don't choose jobs on base weather. They don't choose I know, three jobs million dollars, based on yeah. income tax. All that stuff when you're making that kind of dough doesn't matter. Going from the group of five to the power of five. Another coach getting hired away by much, much bigger money. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. That was great. Kevin's, uh, he's a good young coach, and uh, he wouldn't get this opportunity, and so I'm happy for him. Kevin Stefanski will be Cleveland's new head coach. He'd been the Minnesota Vikings' offensive coordinator. First time he's been a head coach any level of football. Good luck, Cleveland. Patriot safety Patrick Chung had his cocaine possession charge in New Hampshire conditionally dropped. He's got to stay out of trouble for two years, submit to drug testing, and perform 40 hours of community service to have that charge drop permanently. Patriots... They got this going on. They got a receiver jumping on the hood of a car. Always something for the Patriots beat right that, that's, that's nothing compared D- to what can go on. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. They both had responsibilities, Jeff running the baseball operation and overseeing A.J. and all of those people associated with that. And A.J. on the bench and was aware. If you read the report, it's pretty clear. A.J. uh, didn't endorse it, and neither did Jeff. Neither one of them started this, but neither one of them did anything about it. And that's how, how we came to the conclusion. That's Jim Crane firing his coach and his GM, his manager and his GM, after... MLB fined the Astros $5 million, stripped them of first and second round draft picks in consecutive years, and announced one-year suspensions. So that's where the whole video sign-stealing ends up in Houston with fines, four lost draft picks, 
and the manager and the GM fired. Yeah, wow, that was a bombshell for sure. I think that we knew that obviously there was going to be uh, some type of discipline. But we didn't know it would be that big. Yeah, well, the, the, the game did one thing and the owner did another. He took it obviously a step higher. And so now what happens with the Red Sox? Same thing. Think they're going to end up firing everybody? Uh, whoever was involved. I mean, they only fired two people. I don't know about everybody. Okay. It sounds like Cora's going to get but, uh, hit you know, He hard. was involved with it in Houston because that's where he came from. So, yeah, I mean, that'll teach you for just going after Trump. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, don't do it. <laughs> he was implicated, essentially, as the kind of the guy that set all this up in the first place. So, Yeah, so I, I would expect the exact same thing. Heads will roll. I was talking to a good friend of mine who loves the Dodgers. I said, you just got two, two more titles. And How'd that, that go over? It doesn't work that way. <laughs> he said, but, and I found it interesting, if you, if you look back uh, in the series that the Dodgers lost to Houston, Kershaw pitched very well in the first game. I mean, extremely well. And then he comes out again, and he goes three shutout innings right out the start. And the fourth and fifth inning blow up. Well, you got to think, well, wait a second here. He can pitch. Yeah, what's going on? They knew what was coming. Yeah. Was the first one at home and the second one in Houston? I don't remember. Uh, I think they won game seven in uh, Los Angeles, if I remember correctly. So that would so lead that me to believe game one was in Los Angeles. And then, then he would have come back for a second start. That was in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. So that all lines up with uh, he was doing fine. Yeah, he got rocked because of the, the video. Do we need to get a trash yeah. can in here so PK can hit it when I he's mean, trying to? I think it's it's bogus. I mean, you, you just uh, you're taking it beyond the level that it should be and it, the level it should be is figuring out the signs the second base the runner's second base whatever yeah but no electronics no it's it's over the top and these guys are paying a, a big time price and I applaud the uh, Astros owner I, I wouldn't have thought he was going to do that I'd take it to that extreme and that you know so quick I mean it was in almost like minutes you look at it, oh, here's the... And I'm at the gym, and I hear about it. I'm listening to the station down in Phoenix. They got news on the Astros. And we, uh, wow, that's pretty strong. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, oh, we got more news on the Astros. <laughs> wow. Really a, a bombshell of a, a little news cycle that they had going on there. That was impressive. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Ben Anderson, Utah Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, going to join us at 8.30. Tim Brando, Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster, is going to join us at 9. We will talk some college football and some jazz basketball later this morning. And PK, now that the last college football playoff game has been played and the champs have been crowned. The poll is coming out. We're going to be checking it. Curious to see where our local team ends up. I know where it is. It's already out. It's out. It's all done? Oh, yeah. Came out last night. Where should the the Jazz... Where should the youths fall? Where did they fall? We will get to that next. Stay with us. 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Coach O, by the way, is with us. Your thoughts on this one? How nervous are you? When have you ever had this much on the line in anything you've ever done? I never get nervous. We, we, we're down here for a fade. Oh, no, that means we're going to have a good Cajun throw-off down here with the Tigers. The Tigers are going to win tonight. I tell you that. I promise you that right now. My mom always said, baby, when you get up to that big league, you know the Tigers are going to win. You never go away from the Tigers. Going up against Trevor Lawrence is like eating corn through a picket fence. Is that how you... You would eat corn through a picket fence, then you never get any Eliza Lombard Tempe That's what we say down here okay. in the in the Ford French Quarter. It's a, it's a lady I ball my Tempe Roulette. You grab a hammer and you go to work, you start digging, you know that you're working harder than the other one. Yeah. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. We love the state of Louisiana. I love this team. One team, one heartbeat, this coaching staff, everybody that bled the purple and gold, the great state of Louisiana, this is for everybody. One team, one heartbeat, baby. LSU's celebrating. They're the champs. Down 10, they rally and win going away. The final poll is out for college football. Feeling good about where the Utes ended up, PK? I think about as best as they could hope for. They went in... Number 12, they come out of the bowl season, number 16. Dropping four spots after that loss to Texas, which gets Texas ranked at number 25. Hard to complain about the teams right in front of Utah. The Utes are 11-3, and three. Iowa's 10-3, and three. and Iowa beat USC in the bowl game. Utah obviously lost to them. Oregon, or excuse me, uh, Auburn is 9-4, and four, and they beat Oregon early in the year, and the Utes lost to them, so kind of easy to explain why those two teams went up in front of them. Well, you get in the area of teams who beat nobody. Utah, Memphis, Appalachian State, Navy. Memphis is 17, App State 19, Navy 20. They didn't beat a ranked team. Put the Utes in front of teams that are a group of five and didn't play ranked teams. There's two teams in the top 16 who did not beat a ranked team. And the other one is? Baylor. Michigan did beat a ranked team, ended up two spots behind the Utes. Yeah. They took out Notre Dame. So I think that's about as best as you could hope for. I don't think you're a top 15 team. Hard to make the case, isn't it? Yeah. When you look at what other teams did. Minnesota went uh, with their bowl win, climbed six spots, jumped past them. That kind of was a stamp on their season. Like the Utes, not a huge national reputation. Like the Utes, a lot of expectations, a couple losses at the end of the year. But that uh, bowl win for Minnesota pushes them back up. They take down Auburn. Yeah, I mean, they beat, they beat a ranked team. Yep. They beat the team that just beat Alabama. Boise State drops uh, after getting crushed by Washington. They drop to 23, finishing 12-2. and two. You know, you start to get down the bottom there, and you have teams that didn't they basically didn't beat anybody. I don't know how else to say it. So it comes down to the teams that did the best job of beating most of the teams that were five hundred ish or a little better. Well, the top the top teams are far and away better than the teams ranked in the teens. At, at least have the resume. You can argue whether they're better or not if they don't play each other, but. The resume is a million times better. Put the question up on Facebook. Where would you rank them? If it was your call, 
It's out on Twitter as well. Ryan says 30. We should be 30th. We didn't have a good win. We lost to the three best teams we played this season. There's no such thing as a ranked 30th. It only goes to 25. 25. Others receiving votes. You have to count it out. But they don't give you a number officially. Because there is no number. Rob says 26. You want to repeat that? No such thing as being ranked 26th. USC was the team that ended up five spots outside the top 25, if you want to do the math. Okay, good for them. Al wanted to put him right at number 20, and Brett said 20-ish. I would have gone 20-ish myself. I would have gone around 20. But then when you look at the teams that are ranked in that vicinity, uh, well, you're getting teams that didn't beat any ranked teams. They all are a slew of them. And Michigan, I think, is the exception. And then, of course, Texas at the end because they got Utah. Right. Uh, and they slipped in there at 25. I mean, other than that, none of these teams beat any ranked teams. In the case of uh, Michigan, they played six ranked teams and they went one and five. They, uh, they beat Notre Dame, but they lost everybody else. Right. So they beat a ranked team. Yeah. And Notre Dame checks in at uh, 12. And Notre Dame beat a ranked team. I think they beat Georgia early on. Also beat the USC team that beat Utah. Well, I'm not going to play that game. Rock one transitive property this no, morning? No, that, that gets – once you open that door. I'm just going to stick with the ranked teams. Snazzy Coog says the youth should have fallen in among those receiving votes. That's not true because eleven you, wins counts you for get something. Down, yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. And it's a, that that's a great win total. There's no doubt about it. They're basically among the best among the teams that didn't beat a ranked team. They should be at the high end of the list of teams that didn't beat a ranked team, and they are. So I wouldn't say that they should be at the low end. I would say that they should be at the high end. Which is pretty much where they ended up. Yeah. I mean, they basically had two wins that stand out. To Washington. At Washington. And then the Sun Devils because the Sun Devils beat Oregon. Both those teams, others receiving votes, but not in the top 25. Nor did they deserve to be. Four, I think it was four Pac-12 teams in that group with a Washington, USC, Cal, and ASU. Nobody knew what to do with Cal. They were good with their quarterback, but brutal when he went down. Finished eight and five. So they well, got a smattering of votes, and that I was that. I think that's yeah, they're, they're where they belong. I mean, I, and I think those teams could beat some of these teams that are at the bottom of the rankings, but what difference does it make? App State, Navy, Cincinnati, Air Force, Boise State, UCF. There's a group of of five teams right there. Yeah, I think Air Force is a little bit of a different animal because of you, at least when you're in the conference and you're in their division. You prep for them? It's not brand new. You don't gather on that Sunday and say, oh, my gosh, what do we do now? I mean, you have some carryover. You're not bringing in 11 new defensive players who have never faced this before. So there is that carryover. I would, if I were a, 
uh, any of these teams. I would never play Air Force in a non-conference game because it's unlike anything you're seeing forever unless you're having to be playing multiple military academies. Uh, and at least in the division and in the conference, you're playing them on the end of the division. Obviously, like Utah State, you're playing them every year. So you have, you're not just starting from ground zero, so to speak, whereas in the non-conference, you know, of Cal or SC or the Devils or who else, Washington was with other receiving votes. If they have to go up against these guys, it's like they're just cramming for finals, basically, and trying to get themselves ready. And if Air Force has a real talented quarterback, same thing with Navy. I mean, the Navy kid this year was just awesome. Get and, a good quarterback, yeah. have a good year. Yes. I mean, you need somebody who's bright and has a tremendous athletic ability. And you know, we, we've seen that over many, many years. We pay attention more so to Air Force because they used to play our schools here, both of them, and now they play Utah State. But Navy, uh, you know, pay a little bit of attention to because uh, Niamatololo at least has a loose uh, connection here. And, uh, yeah, and they're in the Navy, and we always good admire while, them. And I, I feel like it's, I literally feel like it's a civic duty to watch Army Navy. I feel like I owe it to the country because I didn't do jack for freedom. Are you kidding me? I haven't done anything. My brother-in-law, uh, two days ago, was his, uh, 60 years ago that day, he joined the Army. I, I think my sister sent out a text to my other sister. It says, 70 years ago, Cliff joined. Okay, that would have put him at like five. <laughs> Six. <laughs> Oops, wait a second. I'm having a senior moment. It's 60, 60 years ago because he went in at a very young age and he was in foster family, so he had a, a very difficult background. And, and so I said, you know, that's just awesome. He served. And I didn't do anything. I didn't serve nothing. I didn't pay one ounce of anything for freedom. So I feel like I owe it because having gone to the Air Force Academy all those years, for a book, football and basketball, so a lot of years. Every other year, I was going to the academy twice in a, in a year. You know, you obviously knew it was something special. So I feel like I should pay attention. So I have a connection to Navy, even though I have no connection, because I feel like I got to watch this game. I, I I owe it to our country. In my, I don't know if it's stupid to think that, but that quarterback this year was just brilliant. So I wouldn't well, touch those guys if I were any Power Five school. Well, Colorado did this year. I know, and they lost. That was a good time. And yeah. Purdue will do it next year. Air Force yeah. is going to Purdue. I think it's real difficult. It is. So to sit here and say, well, these teams in the Pac-12, they could beat Air Force, I don't know that they could this well, year. Well, it's clear that the voters wanted to recognize the group of five, but didn't want to give them much because you get down to 16, and then it's like, uh, what is it, seven of the next eight teams are all group of five teams. Yeah, because they're going to run up nice records. And I don't have any problem with that. And they did. They're all sitting there on 10, 11, 12 wins. Right. That's, that's where uh, they should be. Now, if they were to schedule or the other teams would allow them to schedule and you play them and beat them, well, then they could move up. Wasn't there a time in the 80s that BYU and Air Force were both ranked in the top five? And it was. I, I remember... Uh, talking to some friends who were BYU fans when I was living in Phoenix. D. Dallas. And, and it was a big deal to them, and they were just jacked about it. And Because I think they were complaining about the, the game wasn't on television, if you can imagine that. What? If I can recall, I'm trying to recall, yes. I'm living down there in the valley, and guys are, and I knew some people, and I grew up with a lot of uh, uh, 
LDS guys, although interestingly, most of the, if not all, we're all ASU fans. But anyway, I remember talking to this one dude, and he was all he was just so excited about the game, and uh, and he was complaining that it might not be on television, and he was waiting to hear if it was going to be on television. I don't remember if it ended up being on television, but I can remember him him talking. You got the number four team in the nation, number five team in the nation. How could they not put this on? Blah 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 blah. blah. Which you know just seems like it might as well have been five hundred years ago when you're talking about television. Certainly that game now for between four and five would be blasted all over the place as it should be. And those two teams were that high. I don't know that we'll ever see that again if the system will even allow it. But back then it did. I think the answer to that is no. I think BYU would have a shot. Two groups. They, they have I a can, schedule I can that see, gives them a shot, whether I they have the any, talent or I not. I can see any one non-Power 5 team getting up there. I can't see two teams well, that aren't If Power they had five. the schedule, they could. They'd have to have two things. You have to have the schedule, and you have to beat them. And BYU has the schedule. There's no question the Cougars have the schedule to... If they start out four, five, six, and zero, oh, they should be there. I don't care what power you want to label them; they're beating a bunch of teams that are recognized as supposedly superior. And so, if they were to beat them, that's why I fully endorse Tom Homo going down the road for this scheduling. They really have no other choice because if they don't, would you? Do you want this Cougars? Do you want a uh, a nine, ten win team built on nothing? Because he can get you that if that's what you want. No, we've already seen how they show they up for did games. They did in 2012, I think. They won 10 games. Well, the first year they went to Independence. The, yeah. There was a bunch of Idaho States on but the yeah, schedule. Yeah, right. they that, had that the, schedule, just, you can schedule it. Yeah, they had to put together a schedule, and they had a year to put it together because they announced shortly uh, later this summer that the Utes got the invite that they would go to Independence. We've seen teams that are guaranteed win show up there and... Yeah, People so don't flock to it. He it's had clear to get games, and anybody who was willing to play him, you know, look fine. So, but they're well beyond that now. Obviously, going into their tenth season, so they could get that if that's what you desired. But what what does that really get you? A bunch of wins. They're they're trying to have some form of relevance. Is is a national ranking a form of relevance? Because yeah. you're basically going to go to the same bowl. It is a form of relevance. So that's the only thing that the Cougars are missing. A form of relevance? Would you rather have a win over SC and Tennessee? That is also a form of relevance. Versus, and then you, so you, so you schedule two, three big games and then get a bunch of uh, lower level non-power fives and beat them. What's what matters more? Because Tom can get you national ranking if that's your big goal. But is that going to get you recruits? Because what's enticing to the kids to get them to come here and not choose school X Y Z? Kids want to play big time games and they want to play in Power Five conferences. We're seeing it with the Houston quarterback, who now BYU will be facing. You won't be facing him in his big senior year. So he's going to go to a Power 5? You know that? That's the word, apparently. No, I don't know it for sure. Uh, Arkansas is the leader because they hired some Houston guy, but there's multiple Power 5 teams after him. Wow, I'll be dipped. I didn't click on that story.
They want big-time wins. They want multiple forms of relevance. One way to get relevant is to win the big-time games that, uh, you know, the, when you're watching the next game on TV, and they'll, they'll cut in and show the highlights at halftime or whatever. That's one form. Storm the field against USC. I think that's the only way. New Year's Six Bowls is another way. You're recognized as one of the better teams when you do that. I don't think they have any shot unless you beat a bunch of Power 5 teams. Where you're ranked is another form. And then winning a conference title is another one. Obviously, they can't do that as an independent. Right. So the only way they can have any form of relevance is to play big teams and beat them. Beat them and get ranked. And the thing is that they had a chance to do that and then lost to four and eight teams. Yeah. South Florida. Looking at you. Obviously, yeah. That's exactly what happened. I can't argue facts. But going forward, the only chance they have to get any speck of publicity is to play and beat good teams. And I actually think, you know, when you go into overtime against SC, if you had lost that game, you still would have gotten some run. Because it's SC, and you took them to overtime, and everybody likes to show highlights of overtime games. They're thrilling. College overtime, I think, is... Right there with shootouts and soccer. The adrenaline, just you just get so pumped up when you're on the field and knowing that this thing is probably going to end here in the next 10 minutes. We just spent three and a half hours and we've decided nothing. Now it's going to end in 10 minutes, most likely. All the adrenaline peaks. And then right the, here. The, if it doesn't, if it goes 20, well, then that second 10 minutes builds even more so. <laughs> than the prior one. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Having watched those double and triple overtimes, like, now what? Right. And you're out on the field, and every single time that I've been out on the field in those situations, the intensity in the fan in the stands is incredible. The intensity on the benches is awesome. So I think they get some run in both of those situations, even if they had lost those overtime games. Now, fortunately for them, they won them, so they're a lot of fun. Because then if you win an OT, then no matter what, you may not have the fans storming, but the players are going to run around. Like they did in Tennessee. Yeah, it's not going to be... Into the end zone, out the back of the end zone, and then curving around the stands trying to find that, if you're on the road, that slice of fans that are yours to celebrate with them. Yeah, you look at Utah's wins this year, and, and almost all of them, the final five minutes, were just there were snooze fests. There was no real anything out of the ordinary. Now, you're always going to celebrate a win, but they're all celebrated equally the same way. The only one where there was any show of emotion was Washington, beyond the normal show of emotion. But that was also the closest game. The other- and, and it was the most impactful. Right is that they knew in order to win the South, they had to get that. And from the uh, low levels, I don't know if they're student assistants or whoever they are, those people, guys and gals, to the highest level, you could see it. You could just see it in their faces out on the field and then walking into the locker room. They're so, so excited. And other than that, 
you know, they, t- they took care of business so well that it was well, they, all a matter of fact. Yeah. Whereas in BYU, you know, they're jumping around. And, and, but, if, but if Utah had won any of those games in overtime, it would have been the same type of response emotionally because overtime just draws that out of you. So in a sense, for the Cougars, they were better off, if you're looking for, for, for buzz, to beat Tennessee and SC in overtime as opposed to beating them in regulation because it just seems better in overtime. Instead of smoking them by two or three touchdowns? Yeah, yeah. And then really everybody's celebrating with four minutes left because they know. Look, or the, or by they're 20. leaving the stadium because you're beating traffic. Because <laughs> the game was over a while. Yeah, oh yeah. Rice Eccles this year? The game is done. There's like, sometimes I, I'd go on Foothill and there'd be traffic. Not this year. It was just boom. This is a straight drive right home. Particularly when you play these night games. Now, that SC game was an afternoon game. But when they play these night games, people are, when I go down on the field with five, six minutes to go on those uh, West stands, I'm, I'm having to dodge dozens and dozens of people to get down to the ramp to get on the field because they're all leaving. And there's nothing wrong with that. I would, too. The game's over. And you got to get home, beat the crowd and whatnot. But I'm just saying, my point is, you beat anybody in overtime, A, nobody's leaving, and B, the surge of emotion. If, if Utah or BYU had beaten SC, say you're up by two touchdowns, do they storm the field? Do they play we are the champions? Probably not. But since it was an OT? So BYU, that's what you need to do. You need to schedule the big dogs. Beat them, but not beat them soundly. Beat them in overtime. That's my charge for you. You want to get your biggest bang for your buck. Don't, beat, don't blow them no, out. No, don't blow them out. No. <laughs> beat them, <laughs> we'll but beat them in later. OT. Because <laughs> the drama and the television and the highlights and everything, it just plays better. That's at, that, that's at the best. And they flooded the field. They did flood the field to an extent when they beat Boise. But it wasn't near as dramatic. And to their credit, it wasn't near as dramatic. Because they, you know, they won. Boise made a run, as you thought they would. But it wasn't as dramatic. So if you're the Cougars and you want your biggest bang, play these big-name teams. But then if you're up seven, let them score. So then you get them in OT. (laughs) Some weird huddles over there on the sidelines during this timeout. Guys, let them get in the Yeah, well, you're trying to – BYU is constantly, as is most teams, but more so for the Cougars being as the independent, you're constantly striving to get your name out there and to get some buzz. It's an uphill battle. Obviously, it is. It's just just the way it is now for these guys and their program. And I know we're we're having fun here. That that would be – that's a great way to get it. But they really have no choice to schedule this way. And Utah, too. You know, I would like to see them really amp up their non-conference. But you're looking at it and you're thinking, why? If they're not doing it, why should we do it? No payoff. Yeah. Well, there, Huge well, there, risk, little payoff. Yeah, there could be a big payoff. But the conservative route... You know, running into conference play every year at 3-0, and which they've done 8 out of 9. Well, 7 out of 9, because the year before this most recent season, they, they started it after only two games. 
because they played the Cougars at the end. You know that that gives you momentum too, and that, that's I I get that I get why they wouldn't want to do that. Why why should they do that? Why should they stick their necks out if they don't have to? Well, I think the concern around the uh, NCAA with attendance trending slightly down year after year, and no one year seems like a big deal, but when it happens three, four, five, six years in a row, it adds up to a big deal, is put butts in seats. Except Utah's trend, attendance is not trending down, so that doesn't really apply to them. But will it apply to them in the next decade? Because you don't get to schedule these games you know, now for next season. You're scheduling four, six, well, eight years I, I out. I can't be borrowing problems for 2028. Well, I think they're looking ahead and scheduling well, everybody better is. opponents. You, why? Are they really? They're just trading. What do you mean they're just trading? Well, they're taking BYU off so you can play Florida. But they're playing Baylor. Even skip, well, I'll have to see how good Houston is. That's a roll of the dice. Uh, they're marginally, I guess. Uh, I okay, fine. I would like to see them play BYU and somebody else. They have uh, BYU and San Diego State in twenty twenty one. Is that good enough? They have Florida and San Diego State in twenty twenty two. Florida and Baylor in 2023. Well, in my mind, why play San Diego State? Why not just play BYU? An excellent question. Yeah. Because I think nationally you're going to get a bigger buzz beating the Cougars than you are San Diego State. Would you drop either Florida or Baylor to put BYU on the schedule? I don't, I don't see. What are you asking? In 2023, they're playing Florida at home. They're playing at Baylor. And they got their money game with Weber State. BYU's off the schedule. Oh, if you really wanted to go big time, yeah. Drop the money game. It's easy for me to say. I don't have to play it. But, yeah, I, I can live with that that schedule that year. And, and their nine conference games. Now that For they, sure. That's a good go, schedule. If you go way out, and they got time to change this, but right now it says in 2026 they're contracted at Houston, home to Arkansas, home to BYU. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That looks like the... The toughest schedule out there. Now, who knows how good the teams will be when you get there, but right now, based on brand recognition of a you know a school's name, that's the best schedule. Yeah, what's interesting now, as you get but to Houston that was, point... Houston was 4-8 and eight this year, so who knows? Their teams, the people who are scheduling these teams, most likely are not going to be there when it's time to play them. Yeah, if you go across college football and schedule six years out, how many coaches and ADs? What percentage of all the people in place today are in place? Yeah, then? but I think that that's two different things, though. Uh, if you're 45, you're anticipating being there in seven years. If you're 60, you're not anticipating being there in seven years. Absolutely. But even if you're 45, you know how often college football coaching well, you, cha- it, jobs I, change. Right, but uh, you could say that about anything you, you can't go into it well i don't give a crap about them because they're going to fire me or i'm going to take another job i mean that you're 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 going to be gone way before that if that's your attitude and i don't think that's mostly uh this attitude i don't i don't think the i don't i don't think mark harlan has the attitude well what the hell what do i care i'm not gonna be <laughs> here in in 2026 no Whereas Kyle, I asked him about playing Arkansas in 2028, and he openly said, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be here in 2028. Yeah. So that's, when they, that's when they go to Arkansas. Right. And I asked him about going to Arkansas. He said, I ain't going to Arkansas. 
Well, he'd be inside that 10-year window. He might. He might be visiting, going on road games with boosters. Oh, as, 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 a, as not yeah. the coach? That's another right. story, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he could but, go. But, you know, that involves a as steak, an ambassador steak, steak dinner and uh, 18 holes of golf on some country club somewhere. Uh, yeah. Uh, that When he takes that job, that's somewhat undefined. We'll have to see how that plays out. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Talking jazz with Ben Anderson, in-studio analyst, pre-half and post-game here on the radio. He's going to join us at 8.30 as the Jazz try to stretch out their streak in Brooklyn tonight. And I have to express my great regrets. Oh, really? Yeah, coming up. Regrets plural? You got a list? Well, one in particular. All right, we'll get to that next. DJ and PK, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Friday from 3 to 6 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. That'll be Gordon and I. Jake will be off. Be there. Going to my hometown. I like it. Orum. All right, you got regrets. Plural. Well, I'm I'm really sad that you didn't win Sportscast of the Year. I don't think that's true. Oh, bull crap. Bull crap. <laughs> that absolutely is true. I don't think it is. I don't care what you think. I'm not Why are try you to... sorry? Because you deserved it. I mean, Bowler Jack's a pretty face to infinity and beyond. But what the hell did he do this year that he hasn't done every year? Well, that's what you said when I won it last year. What did you do this year? You won it last year? Yeah. And you made fun of me for it. You remember. Don't pretend like you don't. I thought it was just the city something or other you keep winning. He won this award last year. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. And you lambasted him for it. Yep. I presented him with a trophy. It's true, it's sitting right here, Yeah, but actually. this year, I was thinking, this year, he was better than last year. <laughs> I, I see. Okay. Why is that? Because you're the only dude associated with the soccer that the boss hasn't fired or run off. Well, he doesn't hire me. Big deal. He could run you off if he wanted. Probably could. Yeah. Well, gosh, the time he called and well, you Dunning, pulled it out of here like Dunning, it was crazy. Well, that was more because of our news director, but different story. <laughs> Your news director didn't call you. The soccer dude called you. Don't lie. Don't lie. We got eyewitnesses. We've seen it. Right. But he, he called back after the news director told me to call him. Anyway. Yeah, nevertheless. We it. Nevertheless, we've seen you run out. Yeah. Yeah, but... Th- For once, the news director actually wanted sports Dunny, in the newscast. I figured I should probably deliver. Dunny <laughs> doesn't have a category. So that's why these things are bogus, because they just recognize, like, sports writer is just... For the newspaper. Uh-huh. It totally ignores the fact that newspapers are a dying industry and all this stuff that is written on the internet never gets into anything. Dot-com beat writer isn't <laughs> in the mix. Although there's probably an award out there we don't know about. And it doesn't just have to be dot-com beat writer. 
Well, I can visualize the person who is dot-com beat writer showing up at jazz shootarounds and jazz games and knowing, well, they're doing the same thing as newspaper reporter beat writer, but it's not. I know, because that, that's your old school, because you go back to newspapers. Well, that's, that's what your you favorite. were just talking about. No, I wasn't. About. The hell, that wasn't. Gordon is not a, a beat writer. There's plenty of internet columnists that has nothing to do with beat writing. It's not what I was just talking about. They're all in the category. That's who Gordon beat. But they're not in the category. That's the point. They don't even get considered. The beat writers and the columnists from the newspapers. From the newspapers, right. right. So over here, you've got all these other things that they don't even consider. These awards have never been more bogus because they don't even consider all of these other folks. So Dunny, who does an excellent job, he doesn't fall into any category. So he can't be. Whereas you, on the television, you fall into their... When the thing was started, started right. it's neatly packaged right. section. It fits, and people default exactly. to that in their brain. Precisely, yes, exactly. As opposed to defaulting to Dunny, who is doing a satellite radio show right. five days a week and calling right. games. So he, who does excellent work, doesn't have a, as you say, platform default uh, category. Right. And these awards don't consider these other folks now. Yeah. This whole new form of media that never existed. That is now extremely powerful on many different levels. Some of them have created their own awards categories. I was listening on the radio and there was a thing about uh, podcast awards. Sweet. I'm going to go nominate myself. Yeah, do it. <laughs> That's for you, baby. Well, there should be, really. Right. When you think about it. Right. It's an emerging market, yeah. It should be adapting to what is Absolutely. available. That's where people get, I assume, because of newspapers' the circulation. I mean, the, the Tribune is basically a small daily now. And the same thing with Deseret News, which is extremely unfortunate, but nevertheless, that's what it is. So, obviously, people are getting their news from other outlets. Sometimes even bypass completely and totally any form of traditional media. So that one year, like two years ago, in Utah, Hayward should have got Sports Writer of the Year. See? Thank you, Utah. Players <laughs> Tribune. No recognition. <laughs> right. <laughs> that thing was probably one of the most well-read pieces of writing in our state that particular year. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I don't know when people click on it. It'd be interesting to know what percentage of them were from Utah, what percentage from Boston, what percentage were hardcore NBA people sprinkled all over the place. Are there I, people who just log on to the Players' Tribune a couple times a week and, and read stuff? I, I would think a lot of people from Utah check that thing out to see what, how condescending he could possibly be <laughs> <laughs> and expect us to just, oh, okay, sure, thank you. Thank you for your service. That was nice. <laughs> but they don't even consider those types of things there. But no, I thought, yeah, I thought you should have you should have got it, man. Well, you know maybe I mean? next year. To hang around with that guy, that, 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 that organization is ever-changing. Evolving, if you will. A guy's getting the hell out, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> the current GM has been with the organization for uh, in multiple jobs for, hmm, I think he's got to be right about a decade, Elliot Fall. Well, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, see if he has Have any Have a pool? Stature. You want to put a pool on him? I talked to him once in a while. I'll tell, I'll tell him. I'll text him. Okay, what do you got? What date? Well, it seems like GM lasts longer than coaches on average. 
because we're getting a little bit of a trend here. Yeah, and if you want success, man, it doesn't matter what level or what particular outlet, what sport. I mean, you got to have consistency there. Once you start getting into these, especially now, and like in the NFL, we're seeing guys these. Coaches being fired after one year. It, it, well, we just had Cleveland in the news this right. morning. And last yes. year was Arizona. It used to be that, unless I'm misremembering, to quote Roger Clemens, that never happened. But now it seems like guys can literally get fired. You get to November and you're fighting for your job in your first year. And that's ridiculous. Doesn't it? It's not going to win. Seems re- it right. seems just there preposterous. Were, there used to be five-year plans. And then it seemed like it was, well, three years. What have you got? Yeah. And now you're out the door. And they're saying a beeline in Cleveland for the Cavs? No, one and done. He's yeah. potentially done? So he had the, crazy. the whole thing over uh, you know, thugs and slugs and the video and apologizing to the team. That was a whole thing a week ago, right? And so one of the reports I saw from uh, one of the people cover NBA on TV mm-hmm. a long time said, yeah, this is uh, – Frank Isola, actually, is who it was. I couldn't remember first. And I think it was on PTI. And he said – yeah, this is the thing that gets everybody talking about it. But if you talk to people behind the scenes, he was already trending towards a one and done. Now, this may be the thing that people point to, but if this hadn't happened, it probably would have been one and done anyway. That's crazy. It's crazy to think that that is something that's really going to work and you're going to have success. Because, you know, you the, the folks who are hiring the second time, like this Cleveland dude, okay. But you, were you the same guys who thought Kitchens was the guy? And now 12 months later, he's not? And some coaches will want a job and figure, I'll be the guy who'll beat the odds. But you got to figure it scares some people off. <clears throat> there got to be some candidates that you'd be interested who are thinking, I just can't step into that quagmire. I'll be in, and then I'll be right out the door. Not if they're not going to give you any time to build something, sure. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.